Welcome to church. I'm so glad that you're here today. And today's exciting because we're gonna kick off a brand new series. And let me just give you a little, a little forewarning on this. Normally when we talk about something, a topic or whatever it might be, we will work through it in four weeks, five weeks, sometimes if it's really big, six weeks. Well, this series, nope, it's not gonna be any of those. It's gonna be 10 weeks long. 10 weeks long. And, um, and so I, here, let me just tell you real quick my heart and why we're doing this and why it's 10 weeks long. Um, one, one of the primary reasons is because the topic of mental health is so broad, it's so big, and it is so complex that I, I don't wanna just dust it, I don't wanna just dip my toes in the water, but I want us as a community to actually dive into the deep end. And I don't know if that feels intimidating to you or not, but I, I really pray and hope that as we take several weeks, even a couple months, to work through some of the complexity and the depth of this topic, that it will give you some insight. It will give you some handles. It will give you a way to process what many of us are going through and walking through. And so we're, we're going to take our time and we're going to address so many of these really important topics that are related to our mental health. On top of that, here's an added benefit, okay? Added benefit for a series that this is this, this long is that my guess is you will imagine or think of, even people today as we talk, you're gonna think of some people in your life, friends, family members, somebody you work with, somebody you go to school with, someone you're close with, a neighbor that you know is wrestling with their mental health. Can I just encourage you um, to invite them because I think that everybody needs help and everybody needs hope. And so I, I really want this to be a kind of series where, where we can do that together and walk through what is a really complicated subject together. And let me tell you why we're doing this series. Why, why jump into this series particularly? Um, I've been noticing this trend over the last, I would say, decade, but, but maybe even more so lately. But I've been noticing there's a trend, and even the survey results, statistics will show us that there has been a massive uptick in mental illness in our country. I would say probably globally, but we know in our own country that we've seen a, a big increase in mental health struggles. And in fact, I've got a few statistics that I wanna show you. Um, here's one that they did, they, the survey that was done in end of 2017. But from 2005 to 2017, so in a 12-year span, the rate of depression for people, teenagers ages 12 through 17 increased 52%. Can we all just agree that's a lot? Like it was already, it's been climbing little bit by little bit, generation after generation, but something has happened in the last decade and beyond that has caused a massive uptick in depression amongst teenagers. That's concerning. If you're a parent, it should be really concerning. If you're a grandparent, it should be really concerning. Depression is on the rise. It's not just with teenagers. Look at the next one. From 2009 to 2017, ages 18 through 25, the rate of depression has increased 63%. So here's what we know. Teenagers, it's going up. And when kids are going off to college, it's going up even more in this young adult age bracket. Now, this next one, really, I think we need to sit on this for a moment. From 2008 to 2017, that in young adults, there was an increase of suicide-related thoughts and outcomes by 47%. In nine years, that the suicide thoughts and outcomes increased in young adults by nearly 50%. That's tragic. I think we, what I'm trying to say is something's happened. There's something wrong that we all need to recognize. And oh, by the way, I just want to point out, and I don't like to be the old guy that always kind of harps on stuff, but do you know what's happened in the last decade that I just want to just say, and maybe we'll talk about this later, that has really contributed to this? Something called social media. It really has. When we got, when we got personal computers in our hands, thank you, Steve Jobs, in 2007, I don't want to forget you Galaxy people and you, um, what else you guys, I don't know all the you know, other people, your flip phones, I don't want to leave you out. But, but then social media came along, and there's a massive uptick, and there, there's a reason for that. There's a correlation, let me just say that, okay? There is a correlation. I'm not saying that's the only reason, but I want you to see that. And then this is just a, just a stark reality. The next slide is that 
They, they looked in 2019 a survey and found in the U.S. more than 20%, one in five young adults said that they have struggled with any mental illness during that year. Okay? So over 50 million Americans in 2019 said, yep, I've struggled with my mental health in 2019. That was, oh, in 2019. Did anything happen in 2020? Nah. Nah. Things got a lot better. It was so great. Everything just kind of settled out. No, what happened in 2020? We had this thing called a pandemic. And I, I don't know if you view it this way, but can I just tell you, that changed everything. Let, let me tell you what experts are saying. Um, whatever you saw on the rise before it, they say the pandemic accelerated it exponentially. That's a really scary thought when you think of mental illness. That because of the trauma, by the way, that's what happened. We experienced collectively global trauma in 2020. And it wasn't just the pandemic, other things. But when you think about the loss, when you think about the isolation, when you think about all the polarization, when you think about the chaos that consumed us with 2020, what it did was something changed in us. I don't know if you feel it, but I do. I feel like something shifted in our culture, in our country. And, and so here's what we know. There's been a massive uptick in, in mental health illness in our country. And the last few years have not made it better, but only exasperated it. Okay, when you think about it. I, I want us to recognize this because here's what I want us to pay attention to. With all of the incredible advancements that we have had, over the past decade or 20 years, and we've had tons of them, technological advancements and media advancements, and, 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 and we have so many different tools to make our lives easier and better, and yet the reality is it's not working. Can we all agree it's not working? Life should be getting better, but it doesn't feel like it's getting better. More and more people feel overwhelmed. They feel stressed. They feel fearful. They, they don't know what to do, and it's only getting worse. And let me just say this. I don't believe that this is God's intent for us. I understand it's reality, but I do not believe that this is God's design for humanity. When God made us, I don't think God was sitting back there and going, you know, I think they probably should just, they need a little bit to worry about. And they, man, it's just some stress, some good, you know, would be good for them. And maybe just some depression. We're just, it's okay. I think they need to go through it. Make, I don't think that's God's intent. I think it's a byproduct of the world that we're in today. And in fact, there's a scripture verse. It's kind of like a theme verse for the title of this series that I think really shows us this. It's 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 says this. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Say it out loud, a spirit of? He's not given us a spirit of fear. Can I just say, I think, and, and I'm not trying to, again, I don't want to minimize all the clinical and all the things, but I think a lot of the mental health issues that we're dealing with today, when I think about stress and worry and anxiety and burnout, and you know what I think is an underpinning to all of that? Fear. It's just under there. It's just under there. I don't know how much it relates. It's just under there, right? But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a what? Can we all say this together? And of a sound mind. Come on, let's say it again. Of a sound mind. What, what does that word sound mind mean? Well, the Greek word that's used there can, can be defined as like someone who's, I want to say this, in control. Someone who's in their, like, to come to your senses, like, that's why some translations you'll see, it, it, it says disciplined. I don't think that's a great translation of the word. It'll say self-controlled. Because it's really referring to the mind. And so what I picture is, it means that God did not give us a mind that's meant to be out of control. Overwhelmed. Can't make it. I'm drowning. That wasn't God's design. His design is, and he knows that we deal with certain things, but his design was that our minds and everything would come back into balance. We might experience grief and pain, but it's not to continue on, but we're to come back. God designed us that way. And so as we talk about this, here's what I know. It's a real problem today. A good friend of mine, he's a pastor of a church in Illinois. His name's Clayton. Um, he did a series on this a while back. And so we were talking, and, and he just encouraged me. He was like, let me just tell you, this series for our church was a game changer. Like this, this changed things for people. 
This did something for our community. And I, I told him, I said, I, I'm really hopeful for that too. That's what I'm praying. That's what I'm believing over our church as we walk through this. That, listen, I don't view this as a series. I view this more like a campaign. Like, like this is bigger than that for me. And here's what I want you to know. It could be a game changer in your life. But here's the thing. You've got to stay connected to it. You do. You've got to stay engaged. Here's what I know. The season that we're walking into, because I get it, is a really busy season, right? We got coming up. What do we got on the calendar? We've got uh, Inspired Conference coming up. Ladies, hello, ladies. Make sure you're coming to that if you're a woman of the house, okay? It's going to be amazing. We got Inspired Conference. We got Mother's Day, and that's always like, that's important. We got to you know, celebrate moms, and so there's gatherings and all that good stuff. We got Mother's Day. It's graduation season. Right, and so there's prom season. I, I've got one who's graduating. I got one who's going to prom. I, I, I got, I'm in all of that, okay? And then, it's, and then it's what? It's vacation time, right? June comes, summer's here. We love to go travel on vacations. Can I just tell you what happens in the church world? This is so funny. Every pastor, they just wanna kill themselves every time this happens. It, it's just a reality, right? It's just reality. That all of a sudden, when, when, when um, spring comes, it's exciting, and then Mother's Day is, is, is usually great because everybody goes to church for their mom. They're like, oh, I'll go with mom this one time, you know? And so they go to church, and it's like, oh, people are engaged. And then right after Mother's Day, it just goes, ooh, hits rock bottom. And um, I get it. Listen, if you're a parent, I know the feeling. As soon as school's out, we out of here. Like, we're gonna go somewhere, do a trip, do all that. I want you to do it. That's important for your mental health. Let me just say that, okay? It really is. But I wanna encourage you around all of that. It's really important to stay engaged and connected as much as you can. If you're in town, come, show up. If you're out of town, tune in online. Take a moment before you go to the beach. I know the beach is calling your name. Our service starts at 9.30 a.m., okay? If you're on the West Coast, it'll be 6.30 a.m. Get up early, you know, join in online, and then you go to hit the waves, all right? But stay engaged because I'm telling you, something can happen in your life, the life of your loved ones, if you will stay connected and engaged throughout this series. Now, let me give you a quick rundown, okay? Is that all right? I, I don't normally do this. I like the suspense that you don't know what I'm going to talk about when I show up. Because sometimes I'm afraid if I tell you what I'm going to talk about, you'd be like, that ain't for me, I'm not coming. So most of the time, I won't tell you what I'm going to talk about. In this series, I'm going to tell you what I'm talking about. And I have a very strategic reason for doing that, okay? Today is more of an introduction, kickoff. We're, we're going to talk about something, but my goal is today to help all of us maybe reframe mental illness a little bit. I want us to think differently about it. And so we're going to talk about that today. Next week, we're going we're gonna to talk about, i got a special message. We're going to talk about what we often do when we feel pain. When we feel mental pain, when we go through things, there's certain things that we tend to run to that we think will bring relief, but they actually end up trapping us and we take us further. We're going to talk about that next week. Now, let me give you some of the topics that we're going to address in the weeks after that, okay? On May 7th, we're gonna talk about trauma and abuse. And this is more widespread than you can imagine. You might go, well, I didn't have anybody do anything to me when I was a kid. No, 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 no. You and I, we all have experienced trauma on different levels. But like, here's a quick, real quick example, right? How many of you have ever been through a pandemic? <laughs> okay, well, so you have a good reason to come on May 7th. And oh, by the way, let me tell you what else is gonna be special because I'm gonna be doing this throughout the series. I've got some friends, some people coming to help. And so on May 7th, we are bringing in guest speaker Tony Collier, who is an author. She's a speaker. She is, by the way, ladies, we're bringing her in as one of the keynote speakers for the Inspired Conference. Okay? You, you want to show up for that? Yeah, yeah, come for that. Uh, we asked her, will you stick around and speak the following day? So she's going to speak to our church, and she has a story about trauma and abuse. In fact, she released a book called It's Brave, Brave Enough to be Broken. And I've read it, and it's a book that she just talks about her journey and her story with trauma and abuse and finding freedom. And I think it's going to be really powerful. So May 7th, she's going to be here. Now, the following weekend, May 14th, we're going to talk about self-esteem and self-worth. And I think that this is a really important topic. And I think it affects all of us, but I think we all know that it affects teenagers probably even more so. When you're trying to figure out who you are and you're walking through so much, but I promise you there are 63-year-olds in our church that deal with self-worth. And so we're going to talk about that on May 14th. May 21st, we're going to talk about suicide 
and self-harm. And let me just say, I know this is a really heavy topic. But I also believe it's a very important topic for us to discuss. When I tell you that statistically speaking, we're seeing an uptick of nearly 50% in young adults with suicidal thoughts and outcomes, this is really important. And so I want, listen, you know somebody who, you know, has struggled. You get them here. You do whatever you can. That's why I'm telling you these. I want you to be aware. And listen, you might go, I don't deal with this. That's fine. I promise you there is somebody in your close circle who does, and maybe they've never told you. You, you just invite your friends that you know they're struggling. That'll help them, okay? May 28th, we're going to talk about worry and anxiety, okay? And so I know that is a massive, massive, in fact, anxiety is probably the biggest thing that most people think about when they think about life right now today, right? It's going to get better because we're going to talk about June 4th, depression, and that's going to be an exciting week, a really fun week. We're going to talk about depression. It's going to be great. You know, here's the thing. I'm just trying to lighten the mood a little bit because these are heavy topics, all right? I'm not trying to make light of it. Here's the thing I found about these topics, and I know they're really heavy. But they only remain heavy when you carry them alone with no one else knowing. Do you know how to lighten something? Start to talk about it. Get it out in the open. And so I believe if we'll do that as a community, that all of a sudden things are going to start to change for some people. Okay? So we're going to, yeah, we should celebrate that. And then on June 11th, we're going to talk about stress and burnout. And here's, I got another, another um, friend that I'm bringing in for that weekend. I'm bringing in a friend. Uh, he is a pastor, former pastor, and a clinical psychologist. His name is Dr. Wes Beavis. He's Australian. You're going to love hearing him talk and love his accent. Um, I've gotten to know Dr. West over the years, last several years, and he has his own personal journey with stress and burnout, so much so that he walked away from ministry, and when he got healing, he ended up going back to school to become a psychologist to help people in this area, especially in mental health. And so I got on the phone, and I called him. I said, would you come out here, and would you help our church? And so he's flying, he's from California, lives there, he's flying in from California to spend some time with our church to really lean in and help. And so here's the thing, on June 11th and June 18th, I'm, I'm going to be bringing you messages from him. One of them is going to be a very important sit-down conversation that I'm going to have with him that's going to be insanely practical about how we can work on our mental health together. And on top of that, here's a really cool thing that just worked out. Um, you may have heard us talk about this kids' night that we have coming up. Did you hear us talk about kids tonight just a little bit ago? Um, we're gonna be investing in our kids. And um, so here's, here's a little cool thing about kids night. It's gonna be on June 13th. It's a Tuesday. And um, it's kind of like, we don't really do VBS, but it's kind of a replacement thing for it. And so here's what I know some parents think immediately when you hear about, oh, the church is gonna have something for my kids. I can go and drop them off for free and I can leave and go do something fun. I get it. I know that sounds really enticing. But could I encourage you parents that we're going to do something different with this. While your kids are having a blast for a couple hours, we're going to invite the parents to stick around and we're going to have a workshop. And we've asked Dr. Wes Beavis, who really specializes in this area, to talk to all the parents. Say, how do we help our kids navigate this world full of depression and anxiety? Because listen to me, moms and dads. The stuff you dealt with when you grew up is nothing compared to what your kids are facing today. It's nothing. And, and we need some help. I, here's what I want you to know. We are investing in our church, in our community for the next 10 weeks. So it's not just a series. We're going to have other resources we're going to talk about. And so I want you to stay engaged. That's what I'm trying to say. And then here's the cool thing. The last weekend of this, June 25th, everybody remember this. We're having something called Hope Weekend. And it is just our goal to infuse you with as much hope as we can that we're going to finish this series on a strong note in a way that we can actually find hope in Christ when it comes to our mental health. Does that sound good? Does that, does that sound like, so I wanted you to be aware so that you can think right now, who am I going to bring? Because here's what I want you to know. Mental health problems, stressors, and illness is not just an issue out there. It also is an issue right here in our family, in our church. I, I asked a few weeks back, I asked all of you, would you participate with me in a little survey? And I, I wanna just real quickly, just, I wanna, here's what I wanna do. I wanna put a mirror in front of our church today. And I want us to recognize 
who in our community really wrestles with mental health. Um, so of, of all the people that responded, which we end up having, I think, close to 1,000 people that took the survey. So that was a lot of you that participated. 65% were female and 35% were male. So at first I was like, guys, why aren't you taking the survey? What's wrong? You don't want to talk about your feelings? Like, I just, I didn't. And then I also kind of realized, and this is another sad story, but that this actually models what most attendance is like in church. Far more women are engaged spiritually than men in our country. I think we need to change that. That's just me. I think we need to reverse that. Okay, so I'm just saying we need to get men involved, okay? Let, let me just show you uh, some of the statistics. 94% of the people that took this said that in the last 12 months they struggle with their mental health. You know what that tells me? 6% of you are lying. <laughs> we'll follow this series up and do one about liars going to hell or something. I don't know. 90. <laughs> now, I, it might mean that 6% of you had a good year. I, I'm glad for that. I'll do the survey again next year. We'll see what that number is, right? No, I, really, though, majority of our community says they've struggled with some form of mental illness over the last year. This, is, this affects all of us, right? Here's another one. The number one topic when we asked about was over 83% of you said that you've dealt with anxiety over the last year. Wow, that's a big deal. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. It's real, right? This next stat kind of just shook me a little bit. But 10% of our community said they have dealt with suicidal thoughts over the last year. You know what that means? That means we show up at church, and I know it looks like everybody has it all together, the truth is we see people, but I don't think we actually see people and what they're going through. And that's no one's fault. I just, I just want us to understand that in the community our size, that's a lot of people. And some of you that are wrestling with suicidal thoughts, I just, I want you to, to know that you matter. And please just continue in this series. Come with us and join in this journey. And, and let's walk through this together, Okay. And then lastly, over 96% said they know someone who's struggling with their mental health. So here's what that means. It's not just our entire community is dealing with it, but we all know people who are dealing with it. This is the perfect series to really invite someone and bring someone to come with you because I, I know this. Everybody needs help and everybody needs hope. And, and I want us to understand something about mental illness. This is not just, um, I think sometimes when we picture mental illness, this is sad, but we, we immediately jump to some pictures and stereotypes that we've had for years in our culture that it's someone who just needs medication and they maybe get locked up in a padded room so they won't hurt themselves. And, and, and we, the society goes, okay, that person's crazy. No. Can I just tell you, mental health effect, uh, mental illness affects all of us. All of us struggle. And yes, there are varying degrees of this, but all of us struggle. Here's a sad reality. We continue to struggle because most of us don't do anything about it. We just carry it, but we don't actually do anything about it. Um, about nine months ago or so, I started feeling some pain that I would not really had before in um, my foot. And I quickly realized that, that I had something called plantar fasciitis. Can I ask a real question? Have any of you, who's ever had plantar fasciitis? Raise your hand. Oh, okay. All right. I don't feel alone then. Um, if you've never had plantar fasciitis, it's really hard to explain. There's a, the fascia runs along the bottom of your foot. It's connected to your calf muscle, and it's really to help with support for the arch of your foot. And um, what happens is it tightens and it curls up, and it's not supposed to. And for whatever reason, it just flares up. And so I've had this ongoing, maybe nine, maybe ten months. I remember since last summer that I've been dealing with this pain. And let me just describe for you what, what happens. It's and everybody that's ever had plantar fasciitis will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it starts when you get out of bed. As everybody chuckling knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's the worst part of the day. You're off it all day, and you wake up. Everything's good. Life's good, right? You get out of bed. And I set my foot down. It's my left, and I go, oh, oh, gosh. And I, and I wobble like that to the bathroom. And, and, and for like three minutes, I'm like walking like this, trying to, until it stretches out. And once it stretches out, then I'm like, okay, it's not, it doesn't hurt anymore, and I'm fine. And it, it's, just, it's just really, really painful. Here's what I've discovered. It's really painful when I'm off of it for long periods of time, and then I put pressure on it. And it's also really painful when I'm on it for really long periods of time. 
which means it also flares up every Sunday afternoon. Because while you're sitting down and just enjoying a comfortable seat, I'm up here getting my steps in for you, preaching. I don't ever sit down walking around. And by the end of today, I'm going to be like this at home. You won't see it because I don't let you see it. I just walk it like this in pain. A few weeks back, uh, our family went to Disney, my wife's favorite place on earth. And we were at Epcot, which is the uh, world's largest theme park. And that day, I think we did over 10 miles. And toward the end of the day, I kid you not, you can ask her, I was walking through the park like this. It's like, stop it. That's so embarrassing. I'm like, it hurts so bad. You don't understand. I'm in pain, right? And it's like, like it's, now here's the thing. I, I've known for a long time, it's really bad, really bad. What happens when something's really bad? You should go see the what? Yeah. So I Googled it. And, um, <laughs> and you like me? as. like, I went to Dr. YouTube and did a search when I found out what it was called. You know, plantar fascia. Oh, there's so many videos and all these physical therapists and these people, and they're telling you what it is, and they're like, you need to do this, and there's stretches, and you can do whatever. If you will stretch it this way and this way and this way, like five to ten minutes every morning and then evening, if you will do that, then over time you work it out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do that. And so I would practice some of the stretches I do, and you got to stretch your calf, and I would do that. I did that once. And, and, and then I didn't do it ever again. And, and I keep thinking, oh, I think it's better. And then I get out of bed. And it's like, oh, it's not better. It's right there. And, and it just causes me to walk with pain. My doctor, she, she already texted me. She was in the 930. She was like, what, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing this? And she's, she, every time I tell her I have a problem from the platform, she said, why didn't you come see me? I'd try to avoid the doctor at all possible, you know. And uh, the, the reality is, is that I think a lot of us are, are walking through life with some mental limps because we've got some pain there and we know, but we don't actually do anything about it. Let's be honest about our mental health. We know we're wrestling, we know we're drowning, we know we're struggling, but we don't tell anyone. We don't get help. And we think, if I give it enough time, it'll get better, but it doesn't. And when it comes to mental health, here's what I've found. It is such a complex matter. It's confusing. It's really hard to know what is the source sometimes of your mental illness. Sometimes you can tell, sometimes you can't. And the reason why I think it's so complex is because we are, are comprised of what I like to say is mind, body, and spirit. Some will say um, soul instead of the mind. It's just the language we use. But mind, body, and spirit. In, in the same way that God is like, you know, triune God, Father, Son, Spirit, right? I, I wonder if God's made us to mind, body, and spirit. And they're all interconnected. And listen, all three of these kind of parts make up the whole. And what I've discovered in life is that when one part suffers, the other parts are affected. They're not separate. They really are. When, when you're going through a painful something, your physical body is like hurting, you're walking through treatment, you're dealing with it, it, it affects your mind. It can affect your spirit and your relationship with God. Come on, don't we know that to be true? You know, I have found that when you're going through something spiritual, when you're walking in sin, when you're carrying shame and guilt, guess what? It can affect your body. It can affect your mind. You ever not been able to sleep at night? Yeah, what I'm saying is they're all interconnected. And here's what's made this so challenging is it's difficult to pinpoint the source of mental illness sometimes. And in the church world, sometimes we argue back and forth and it's this, it's the spirit, no, it's your body and it's this. And, and I think sometimes it's just far more complicated than we know. And so uh, I, I've, I've almost, can I just say, been a little intimidated to talk about it because it's so complicated. But here's what I wanna do today, just as we kind of get a foundation is I wanna to try to help us to understand mental illness in four different ways. This, this might help you. All, all this is to give you a new perspective. Uh, four different buckets that I think our mental illness comes and is expressed in four different unique categories. The, the first bucket is this. Sometimes we have mental illness because of situations. This is what I call situational mental health illness, right? Let's be honest. We all in life, go through different painful things, don't we? That's just part of life. You, you deal with a loss, you gotta deal with it. 
you, you um, experience a divorce, it's going to affect you. You, you um, there's trauma, there's things, there's, there's people who've gone to war, right? You go to war, have an experience, you don't think that's going to affect you? That's going to affect you. You get into a really bad accident that messes with your body, you don't think that's going to mess with your mind and your spirit? Oh, come on. And here's what I have found is that there are events that happen. They're just individual events that happen in all of our lives that are situational that can lead to mental illness. It can lead to real pain, your mind spiraling out. Can I just tell you, I went through a season several years ago through just a lot of different things that kind of left my mind almost in crisis mode. And I eventually sat down with a counselor, and I, I've not been great at doing that most of my adult life. And I sat down with a counselor, and you know what the counselor did? The counselor started to, like, pick and prod, and the counselor was like, well, you know, let's talk about your childhood. No, 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 you don't understand. I'm having a problem right now. I know, we'll get there. Let's talk about your childhood. Let's talk about your parents. Let's talk about your relationship with us. Like, oh, I don't want to do all that. Okay, well, I see the problem. We need to go here. I had to go through some things. To understand, and here's what I've discovered about our bodies and our brain, is that when we experience something traumatic, do you know that our brains are designed to insulate us, to protect us? Part of that protection mode is so that we, we don't feel it, is to like block us off from it. So sometimes you'll hear people who have a traumatic experience and they won't remember it. Some of you have had that. I don't even remember the details. Why? Because your brain has blocked it off so that you don't continually feel the pain. Do you know what I've discovered? Is it might keep you from feeling the pain all the time, but it will never help you find freedom from it. It won't. And so I, I just want us to understand, sometimes we have mental illness because of situations that are completely out of our control. It's not your fault but things that happen in your life. Another form of, of mental illness that comes, I think, through a different bucket is that which is biological. I think one of the things that I love so much about humanity is that God created such beautiful diversity in our world. You know, I love the fact that we're not all the same. I love the fact that as I look out, I just see different face after different face that were different, and I love that. I think that's beautiful. But we also need to recognize that is sometimes what aids in different people feeling mental health issues more than others. Because we're not all wired the same. That's why we have Myers-Briggs and we have Enneagram and we have all these things. Why? Because we're not the same. We're not wired the same. Our bodies are not wired the same. Do you know that some people biologically deal with things that you never deal with? Do you know there are some people who are born that have issue with their, their sugar and they have to have insulin on a regular basis, diabetic? And listen, that's something they deal with that you don't have to deal with. Biologically, we're different. And we experience the world differently. And there are some people that they need help because of that. And so what I want us to understand is just because you don't feel something in one season, never discredit what somebody else is feeling because they're different than you. They're wired differently. And so our biology, our biology, it can aid. Listen, here's what I'm saying. You maybe had nothing to do with it, but it could be something you have to wrestle with, okay? Biological. The, the, the third bucket I have here I call clinical. Clinical. Um, this is really to express those, and it's kind of a combination, but there are some people that deal with this to a, a severe level. You know, in just the way that our, our bodies aren't all the same and some people deal with other things to a severe level and they need to see specialists and doctors, the same is true when it comes to our mental health. Th this is for those that need to see professionals, that need to see doctors, that maybe need medicines to help. You know, we're talking about the differences in both situations and biology. There are some of you just, there are some of you that were born with an imbalance chemically. And that's why you are more depressed than others. There are situations in our life that we go through, by the way, also that are traumatic that you experience that the person on your row has not experienced. And don't think for a second that somebody who hasn't fought in war, for an example, that experiences PTSD doesn't need a greater level of help because of what they've gone through. There, there are some situations where we need this. And I think we've got to stop 
with this awful stigma of those who need to get help. It's so funny. You, you, could, um, you could have high cholesterol. You go see the doctor. I've gone to see the doctor, and I've been told I have high cholesterol. And so I've tried at times. And I'm, I'm not like, you know, I don't eat terrible. I don't eat great. But I don't eat terrible. I'm not severely overweight. I'm not this, and I still have high cholesterol. And so guess what? The doctor might go, at some point, I need to prescribe you medicine. You know, I wouldn't be embarrassed about that. I'm like, I work out. I try this. I try this. It's maybe genetic. I don't know. I need this. Why is it that we would not be ashamed or embarrassed about that, but we also have other things that we have a chemical imbalance, but yet we'd be afraid to actually let anybody know because lest they think less of us. Why is that? Like, I, we need to just blow that entire stigma of mental health up. That's what I want to do today. And listen, I think, I'm just going to say, I told this to my wife yesterday, I said, I think everybody needs a counselor at some point. I think everybody does. And so I, I'd let you know I see one. And then there's another bucket, and that is spiritual. I do believe that sometimes we can take an approach in our world today that we think everything is just physical. And uh, this is where it always gets complicated when you talk about mental health in the church. Because I understand we, we come together as a spiritual community. And, and so, you know, I believe, this is just because of scripture, because of what Jesus said, I do believe that, that we deal with not just flesh and blood, things, but we deal with spiritual forces. I believe that we are afflicted by a spiritual enemy that wants to lie to us and mess us up. I do believe all that. But I also believe that there's some people that have some chemical imbalances. I also believe there's people who have gone through some really traumatic things that need some help. And so, again, this is where it gets so confusing because it's all interconnected. And I think we'd be remiss if we would overlook the spiritual influence and factors that have to do with our mental illness as well. And so when I think about mental illness and I think about our mental health, I, I think that it's all of this. It comes in different ways. We experience it differently and from different buckets. And, and because of that, can I be honest, I, I'm almost intimidated at times to talk about this because the last thing I want to do is say something that would cause more pain. And some of you have been on a journey of dealing with it for a long time, and I don't know your situation. And you know it so well, probably. And so I, I ask for a little bit of grace, okay? I'm, I, I know that I can speak to some of this and that. that. That's my specialty. Okay, I can do that. And so here's what I've done, just so you know, through the series, is that I've collected a team of counselors. And one of the things that I'm doing is every single week I'm submitting my notes to a team of counselors. And I'm saying, give me feedback. I want to make sure that I speak as well as I can on this subject, knowing that I only have some expertise. But here's what I want us to understand, is that it's all inter interconnected. And so I think we just have to address it all together. We're going to walk through all of this together. And I, I need you to hear this today. No matter where you are, if you're dealing with it intensely right now or not right now, I need you to hear this. You are not alone. You're not alone. You're not the only one. We already saw that statistically and in our church. You're not the only one. And sometimes we believe this lie that I struggle with my mental health because I don't have enough faith. Can I just say, I think it's a lie. I think it's a lie. You, you should have the joy of the Lord is your strength. I understand that. But I also know that, that David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you are with me. So which is it? Is it all joy or is there also sometimes darkness? Yeah, it's both. You know what I think? This might shock you. I think that you can experience joy and be depressed at the same time. I know it sounds crazy. I get it. But I actually believe that you can. And part of the reason why I believe this is when I look through scriptures, and here's maybe a little secret for some of you, but many of the heroes of our faith actually wrestled with mental illness. When I think about Job, man, you want to talk about situational? Job's whole world changed on him in a moment. And he got to a point where he's like, God, just kill me. I don't want to live anymore. I think about Jeremiah, this prophet sent by God on a big mission. You know what he was called? You know what people refer to him as? He's known as the weeping prophet. That's what he's known as. In fact, he wrote a book in the Bible called Lamentations. It's all about lamenting. 
It's all about experiencing pain. It's all, I mean, this is, these are people that we think about. I think about Elijah. Elijah's the guy that called down fire from heaven. Oh, yeah, and then the very next scene, what is he doing? Running for his life. He's depressed. He's alone. He says, God, just, I want to die. You see it in the New Testament with Paul. You see it with others. Can I, and in fact, when I think about it, I think about the famous people of Scripture, there's no one I think more of in this area than probably David. You know King David, great King David? Probably one of the greatest kings of, of the nation of Israel. When I think about David, I, I think about here's a guy who probably dealt with mental illness to some extent, probably most of his adult life. How do I know? Because we have most of the journals that he wrote down. The Psalms, you know the songs? In fact, let me, let me show you just one little snapshot of, of one of his songs in Psalm 69. This is, this is what David wrote, okay? This is where his head was. He said, save me, O God, for the floodwaters are up to my neck. He wasn't in water when he was writing this, okay? That's how he felt. I'm drowning. Deeper and deeper I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I'm in deep water and the floods overwhelm me. You ever felt overwhelmed? This is David. I feel overwhelmed. He said, I'm exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. Can I just say for some of you, this probably is a little bit of what you felt in your journey of being in a place like that. And so if that's you today, I want you to hear this one statement from me. It's okay to not be okay. I know that's a, almost a cliche phrase that we've said before, but I want you to hear it in regards to your mental health. It's okay to not be okay. And if there's any place that it should be okay to not be okay, it's at the church. If there's any place... If there's any place, I've said it before, the church is not some country club for people who have it all together. The church is a hospital for the hurting. It's an emergency ward for the weary. It's a triage for those who are just struggling and going through pain and hurting. And, and I think a lot of times in church, this is the sad reality, is that we come to church and we hide, but we're not honest. We come to church and we, we want everybody to see some presentation of us that's not real in that moment. And I'm telling you that this is a place where it's okay. You don't need to hide. Be honest. In fact, let me just say this. I believe, as we start, the first step in moving toward health is honesty. Do you hear me? The first step in moving toward health is honesty. And so let's be honest. Let's be honest. So here's, here's what I want to do just with a few minutes that we have. I want to give you three directions that I think all of us, it's important for us to be honest in this area. Three ways. First is be honest with yourself in this area. Now, you say, what do you mean be honest with myself? I, it's me. I, how am I not honest with myself? Well, I don't know. We lie to ourselves all the time, don't we? You ever made a really dumb decision and you knew it was wrong at the time, but you did it anyways, convincing yourself that the consequences wouldn't be that bad? Yeah. We do things like that all the time. Oh, I know this could really mess up my family, but, you know, I don't think about it. I know I could take this and I, I could stop anytime I want. Really? See, we lie to ourselves all the time. We're not often honest with ourselves. And one of the things that I discovered when I, like, really spent time sitting with a counselor is that I had to walk back through some of the things in my life, in my childhood, other things, to really understand me. I didn't understand me that well. Years of, of convincing myself that I'm good, I'm good, when maybe I'm not good. And so I think the first step is learning to be honest with yourself. But secondly, I think it's important that we be honest with others. You know, in all our interaction, the question that gets asked maybe more than any other question, how you doing? You know, we walk by everybody at work. We see everybody at church. How's it going? Right? And what's the answer we always give? Good. Fine. I'm good. I'm fine. Right? You know what always shocks me is when I'm here with our community and, hey, how are you doing? Oh, terrible. Whoa. What? Did you just... I mean, like, I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm like, whoa, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? I mean, immediately, I want, you know. And, and I find that a lot of times we won't open up, especially about mental health, because we're embarrassed, ashamed. We don't want people to think less of us. We've got we to crush that stigma that comes with mental health, okay? And the, one of the things that you do, you've got to be honest with yourself and where you are. I'm not good right now, right? 
And then you need to be honest with others. You need to tell other people. We live in a broken world. And when broken, a lot of the pain we experience is from broken people breaking other people. Hurting people, hurting other people. Because we aren't honest. And just saying, I'm not doing well. I'm struggling. The best thing you could do is be honest and tell someone. Now, let me say it this way. This, let me just give you a little advice with this. Don't spew, confide in a few. That's some good advice, right? Don't spew, confide in a few. Here's what I don't want you to do. Everybody you see, when you walk by, you know, somebody at work on Monday, hey, how you doing? Oh, so awful. Oh, my wife and I, we fought like cats and dogs on Friday. It was so bad, angry. And then on Saturday, the kids, it was such, I mean, it was just this blow-up thing in our house, and it was terrible. And I've just been dealing with these thoughts forever. Don't do that with everybody you see. Grocery store, checkout. How are you doing? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell Like, be, okay? Like, don't just blah with everybody. Don't spew it out on everyone. You know what I found? People that do that, I think most of the time, they're actually looking for attention, not help. That's what I found. Don't spew, confide in a few. A few people you trust, a few people you love, and if you don't have anyone like that, please, there are pastors at this church, that's what we're here for. Let us, let us walk through it with you, okay? And then thirdly, I think we need to be honest with God. It's okay to be honest with God. Did you know that? I, I think in a weird way, most of us, we kind of assume if there is a God out there, he probably knows what I'm dealing with. But for some reason, when our mind just begins to deteriorate, here's what I found. One of the first things we do is we push away from God, and then we push away from others. That's what we do. Can I just encourage you that if you're in a place where you're struggling, the last thing you should do is push away from God. He can handle it. He's not shocked when you're struggling and you're even having doubts about him. He's not surprised. He's not shocked. And here's what I want you to understand. God, when it comes to mental health and pain, God understands. And you go, what does God understand about it sitting in heaven somewhere on a throne somewhere and life's perfect and what does he well because God did not remain wherever that is but God actually stepped into humanity through the person of Jesus you know why he did that so he would experience what we experience walk through what we walk through to provide a way out that's why he did and I love the words of Hebrews 4.15 he says for we do not have a high priest that's Jesus who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. No, he understands because we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Jesus has experienced what we've experienced that leads to mental illness. He has. I mean, think about it. What does he know? Well, I don't know. Have you ever been betrayed by your family? So has Jesus. Have you ever been abandoned by your closest friends? So has Jesus. Have you ever felt the pain of isolation and loneliness? So has Jesus. Have you ever experienced other people criticizing you and saying terrible things about you that aren't true? Jesus has. Have you experienced loss? Jesus has. Have you experienced death? Probably not, because you're here. He has. Okay, what, what I'm trying to say is, I'm grateful that we have a God who doesn't just exist out there somewhere. But then we have a God who stepped into our human experience to feel what we have felt. And he is the high priest. And he has created a way for us. And so he knows. And so I believe, listen to me, I believe there is hope for our mental health. Hear me today. I believe there is hope. And if you're feeling hopeless, go on this journey with us. And I believe as we step into this with Jesus, we're going to find freedom and we're going to find hope together. Amen. Amen. Could you all stand to your feet with me today? I want us, as we begin, I want to pray. I want to pray some bold prayers. I don't know what to expect over the next 10 weeks. I don't know what you're walking through. I don't understand the pain that everybody here carries. But we're going to go through it together. But I want to pray some really bold prayers of God moving, changing minds, changing hearts, changing our lives. And so, Father, I pray right now. I pray over every person who's part of this church, every person tuning in online, every person in this moment. God, I, 
I pray for those who are bound up in mental illness. I, I proclaim freedom. God, I just pray, Lord, as we walk through together, Lord, all of the different aspects of mental health, I, I pray right now, God, that there is a wellness coming, that there's a wholeness coming. That, that God, I pray for those who feel like they don't have any hope. I pray, God, that they're gonna feel hope begin to rise up in them right now. I, I pray, God, those who've been wrestling with suicidal thoughts, that right now your peace is gonna meet them. I just wanna proclaim some things over our church. I proclaim, Lord, people that have been bound up and, and feeling tired and weary and overwhelmed and depressed and despair. I pray, God, they're going to find freedom through this series. They're going to find help on the journey. God, I just begin to proclaim right now wholeness to come to minds. I pray, God, that there's a freedom, there's a lifting of the weight and the burden that's going to come as we carry this with you, Jesus. So, God, I just thank you that we're not alone. God, you're with us in the good moments you're just as much with us in the valley. And so God, I don't know what people are facing, you do. But I'm asking by your spirit that God, you would meet us in those places so that God, we can know that you're with us and experience life. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, come on, let's just thank God for his presence today, amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to this message. I hope that it encouraged you and inspired your faith. If God is doing something in your life, would you take a moment and let us know? We wanna connect with you and we wanna be able to pray for you. All you have to do is shoot us an email to hello at the x.church or you can always send us a DM on one of our social media platforms. And if you know somebody that would also be encouraged by this very message, why not take a moment and just share it with them right now? And as always, I wanna say thank you to every single person who so generously financially supports this ministry so we can continue to get messages like these out to people all over the world. We believe God is building something special and you're a significant part of it. Until next time, have a great day.